Hello, and welcome to another edition of The Gist. I'm your host, Chris Vetrano, here every week to break down all the things happening in pop culture and entertainment. Uh, we've got a jam-packed show of updates around the Bravo universe. Uh, Summer House premiered last week, so we're going to break that down. Uh, we also still have fiery heat happening on Real Housewives of Miami as they are uh, finishing up their Bahamas trip. Uh, And then Real Housewives of Potomac had its first reunion episode. So we've got to talk about that. New Jersey is firing on all cylinders and full swing after its premiere. And uh, Vanderpump Rules is back. So we've got episode two to talk about all of that and probably more on this very special edition of The Gist because it's coming out early. So normally we release episodes on Thursdays. Uh, this one is coming out early in the week because I have a very, very special guest that I interviewed that is going to come out for our Thursday episode. So that's a little bit of a teaser. Um, you'll have to follow my socials at CM Vetrano on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter uh, if you want to kind of get first access as to who that is. But Um, I'm going to be teasing it this week and so excited to deliver that interview. So uh, stay tuned. But I knew that you guys wanted a little bit of a a Bravo breakdown. So we're going to give you that uh, early in the week and then our normal regular episode on Thursday. So uh, without further ado, let's just jump right into it. Uh, Summer House. So it premiered. Now, I don't know if you guys are feeling the same way that I am. I'm kind of getting like overwhelmed with this cast because now we've got winter house and summer house and they're really giving them to us. And then also with Paige and Craig from Southern charm dating, we're getting Paige on Southern charm. So there's a lot of crossover happening and I'm not getting a lot of breaks from these people, but then when they come in for the storylines, it feels like there's just so much happening that we missed. And so that's really how the summer house uh, premiere kicked off is I mean, I think the headline is Kyle and Carl, like the two best friends that you've ever seen play out on television, are seemingly done. They don't have a lot going on. It is very cold in that summer house. Um, I I was sad to see it, actually. You could feel like Kyle wanting his friend to just like interact with him. Carl is clearly feeling and hanging on to some things that maybe Kyle had said about his girlfriend, Lindsay at the last year's reunion. Um, and they just, they are not, they are not together. And, um, yeah, it's, it was really an awkward sort of interaction, uh, watching them kind of both be in the house, but barely interacting. You know, that's just not what we're used to from these two. So it was sad to see, um, And then also uh, this week, Carl announced publicly that he has left Loverboy, which is Kyle's company that Carl had previously uh, worked as like the head of of sales, I believe, uh, for Loverboy. He has left. It makes sense for his personal life. He's sober. It's It's an alcohol company. So, I mean, good for him for making a better lifestyle choice that aligns with his own lifestyle. Uh, but I think also there's a lot going on behind the scenes there between these two. And so you clearly see it in the trailer that this is going to play out in a pretty 
dynamic way over the next um, many episodes. So uh, that was sad to see. I'm also just a little bit worried in general because uh, there's so many people now with this crossover of Winter House and Summer House and uh, Southern Charm that people are coming and going from this house so much. And I mean, you, they're in the same house that they always have been, but right off the bat, they announced that the house uh, owner or whomever uh, apparently didn't have the right permits in place to have a nine bedroom house. So they had to turn several of the bedrooms into like, I think one's a gym, one's like a reading room. One, like it's, it's pretty wild. And so they've like created these big bedrooms where they just have a lot of beds in them. But these are adults. There's things that happen at night that you don't really want to like, once you're in your, you know, mid to late twenties, which some of these are over that, uh, you don't want to be sharing bedrooms anymore on vacation. So it's feeling very real world. It's feeling very too young. I, I, I'm a little worried about that. And then also just with all of these different cast members dropping in, it's like Corey from last year's winter house is coming. There's, you know, Sierra, there's, you know, there's just so many people that weren't in this episode, but are coming later in the season. And then it's like, well, where are they all going to sleep? It's, it's kind of too much. And then you obviously see that Craig, um, is going to be joining the season at some point, obviously, uh, dating page. So it's, um, I think it's too much. And it's reminding me of when Vanderpump, I talked about this last week with Lou Vecchio on our uh, Vanderpump Rules premiere episode. And we talked about the Super Bowl. Um, if you haven't checked that out, definitely go uh, listen to that one. But we talked about when Vanderpump kind of lost its way and they were bringing in all these new cast members and new cast of characters that were working at Sur. And it was just like too many people. You couldn't keep up with the storylines. Nothing felt cohesive. And I'm a little worried that that's what we're in for for Summer House this uh, year. And, you know, and then it's like as you're watching these people get older, the drama is different. The dynamics are different like obviously Carl and Lindsay like perhaps they don't even need to be on this show anymore because they're very disconnected they're living very different lives uh, and they don't seem to really want to be there a part of what Summer House used to be and then I even feel that way with some of the other cast is that everyone's kind of growing up. They're making their money now that they're reality TV stars. That's mostly what they do for a living. And I think now we're just like, we're entering in this, uh, in this era where it's time for them to like really figure out what they're going to do with this show because it's starting to feel not realistic like Vanderpump has in the past. And so I, I don't know what's going to happen. I also felt like Paige, who is normally my favorite on Summer House, was really taking a back seat, at least in this premiere episode. But I'm not sure what she's going to deliver. Maybe she was just disconnected without, you know, Sierra there to share a bed with. Or maybe she was, uh, you know, she without Craig there, she feels lost. I don't know. She She really just wasn't in it much. And when she was, she was pretty quiet. So... I don't know what we're in for. I feel uh, it's there's a big divide happening in this house. I am I am looking forward to seeing when Danielle uh, joins the the house later in the season. Um, obviously, we know from the trailer that Danielle and Lindsay, who were sort of the Carl and Kyle of the girl group, like such good friends, 
they have some major falling out that doesn't seem like they are going to recover, um, at least not in how this season plays out. Um, and so I am interested to see kind of what happens there and see what's going on, but I don't know what else we have. I, I don't want it to become too toxic. I don't want it to become too many cast members trying to drive storyline um, because I think then it just gets really complicated. And so um, we'll see, we'll see what it, what they have. I will be, uh, I will try to be optimistic. And of course I'm going to continue to tune in and we'll continue to talk about it here. But those are my early thoughts. That was my thoughts on the premiere. Um, you know, let me know what you guys think. Sound off in the comments uh, because I am curious if I'm the only one feeling like this summer house is potentially at risk of um, heading in a, in a direction that I don't think it needs to go. So let me know what you guys think. Um, but speaking of Vanderpump rules, because I mentioned, you know, I mentioned how bad the kind of last seasons were and they truly were, they were just, they had completely lost their way. They didn't really know what, who the cast members were. You couldn't follow a storyline. They were trying to still make it seem as though these kids are, you know, hanging out in the back alley of Sir smoking ciggies. But, you know, obviously we know that they have businesses, they have, you know, very thriving reality TV uh, gigs. And so it's unrealistic that they are still those kids that we watched when they were young. And so um, it was, it was interesting. Uh, the last few seasons, I really, as I said last week, thought I was going to uh, jump ship on Vanderpump. But I have to say, I am fully back in. Are you with me? Are you guys with me? I think that this season is going to be so good. It feels real. It feels grown up. It feels like an extension of Housewives, but with, you know, not just focused on women. It feels like a really real show and maybe even more so than Housewives because Housewives has become so overproduced and, you know, the, the women are always kind of driving their own storylines. This is like real stuff and they're dealing with real things that adults deal with. And so, you know, you've got Lala's drama uh, with her divorce from Randall and there's so much darkness there about what, you know, he's being charged with and this LA Times article that came out that was just so damning against him and, you know, Lisa Vanderpump kind of calling out Lala and saying, you know, how could you not see it? And didn't you see signs? And you're, you're watching Lala break down in a way that feels very real. It doesn't feel artificial or made up for the show. Um, and so I feel like we're, we're heading into like a really good territory with Vanderpump. The see the second episode really solidified that for me. Um, also, uh, you know, watching the Raquel of it all, I, you know, the first se the first episode, she was like in her villain era. She kind of was like, oh yeah, I'm drinking behind the bar. I'm like going to start dating Peter. I'm going to be doing all of these things that are going to piss James off. And, you know, she was like kind of coming out like straight out the gate on fire. And of course, if you follow this in the past, she's kind of played this like sort of dumb, innocent girl that you know barely drank and you know didn't get into trouble and it she she came out swinging in the first episode and then now we're starting to see the cracks because she went out with peter on an actual date which was the most awkward date i have ever seen she clearly had no interest in him and then when you know she's talking about that she didn't win the uh pageant that she was in uh 
because she's now going to be too old that she can't like win again. And then she has that full breakdown. She's like fully sobbing because she has reached an age that she can no longer compete in the Miss USA pageant. It's, it's wild, but then you start to realize that she's probably not really crying so much about that as she is realizing that she misses James and her life is in a place that she like has no idea what's going on. She's clearly still in love with James. I think that was like the, I think that was very obvious uh, in this episode. And so she's going to have a bit of a dark, a dark go. And I think like, but it's real. It's like, it's what, you know, girls that go through these breakups where, you know, they end a relationship that they thought they were going to marry and it was their end game. And it ultimately wasn't now watching him move on. She's kind of trying to find her way. I, I think that it will be very interesting to watch. Um, I speaking of James and his new relationship, uh, the scene where uh, he's trying to coach his girlfriend on how to eat a burger, and you know, clearly trying to coach her on how to eat a burger on camera, like, hey, like, you know, it's a juicy burger, so don't uh, let it drip all over you. And you know, it was it was kind of a little strange, but um, but what made it even worse was when he decided to eat the food that was hanging out of her mouth uh, from her mouth. And thought that maybe it looked romantic or that it was some sort of like sexy move. Uh, from my perspective, it was uh, vomit. It was gross. Uh, I didn't want to see it. So, yeah, yeah, get get with it, James. Uh, that's that's not the look. Uh, I also feel bad for this girl because you know she clearly sees some red flags in him. Uh, he said, "I love you," like right away, and she you know, has already questioned that. I think she's right to question it and uh, she should keep questioning things. Uh, I, I don't know if this is a, a match made in forever heaven, um, but we, we shall see. Um, and then also uh, Schwartz and Sandys, these two guys, man, they have just had a go trying to get this restaurant open. Um, they also don't seem to ever talk about Tom Tom anymore. So I'm I'm not sure. Did Lisa buy them out of Tom Tom, or are they just so wrapped up in their own restaurant now that they just don't even think about it? I can't imagine that Lisa's okay with them sort of just like bowing out completely. So I am curious what's happening there. But uh, but this opening party that they did, or I guess it was an opening party to announce that it will be opening at some point. Um, but the Daily Mail party. Uh, the restaurant looks beautiful. It looks great. Um, from what, you know, I was hearing people ordering the drinks. Uh, it sounds like a great place. I would definitely check it out if, uh, if I'm in LA or next time I'm in LA. I, um, but the scene between Katie and Schwartz, my gosh, you know, and her talking about how this restaurant was, is personifying all of the reasons in which led to their divorce. You know, this is the other woman as she, uh, as she mentions, it's like, this is this restaurant and the stress, stress and pressure of it is the reason in which they ultimately like got a divorce. They were, you know, they talked like, I mean, they were just having this really real moment at the table and it was really sad because they were, you know, I think she's really proud of him for actually like making this restaurant happen. But also when she's like asking him, like, it, was it worth it? Um, and I think he would answer that. And by saying no, I think that he really misses Katie. I think that he didn't want 
uh, obviously to get divorced. And so it was a really sad moment because it was supposed to be this really celebratory thing that they were, you know, having people in this restaurant that he has worked so hard for and watching them just sort of, you know, come to terms with the fact that it's also the reason why they aren't together anymore was just a really real moment. And I, I really felt for them. And again, I'm like fully back on board with Vanderpump. I think that they have found their way and I'm happy about it, here for it. So bravo to Vanderpump Rules, pun intended. Um, what else did we get? So um, of course we have Real Housewives of Miami. The trip continues in the Bahamas. Uh, these ladies, as we say week over week, continue to bring the heat uh, and the drama. It's they just have such a good cast of people that are keeping the storylines constantly moving. And we're not like, it's not like Beverly Hills where we get hung up on one conversation that takes us through like several episodes where we're still digesting everything that somebody said in those few episodes. It's, it's so much better uh, to have all these ladies and, you know, where I said like summer house has too many cast members. I feel like real housewives needs more like when we just get you know four or five housewives and that's it i don't i feel like we get like really stuck on storyline that doesn't matter um this is moving uh it starts of course with marisol coming back i guess she had a false positive covid test so she wasn't in the first part of the trip then tested negative so they let her join and it was like, you know, Adriana and Alexia were having this much needed heart to heart about how Adriana was feeling about uh, the way in which their friendship has kind of dissolved over the years. And, you know, she's saying like, you guys were bridesmaids and my wedding. And now it's just like, we, we don't stay in touch. And they were having this like moment. And then Marisol comes in with, you know, her, <laughs> she comes in just in full blast and Alexia lights up, jumps up, they're back together. And it actually kind of like Alexia completely changes. She was like having this heart to heart, but then it's like she saw Marisol and she was like, okay, good. I no longer have to have empathy for uh, Adriana anymore. And so it was, it was very strange to see that um, kind of energy play out, but they, you know, they're best friends. They're back together. I would feel the same way if my best friend showed up at a, a trip that I thought that they weren't going to be on. Um, what else? Uh, Kiki. I love Kiki. Guys, are you guys feeling the same? I feel like every time Kiki comes on, on the screen or she has like a confessional moment, I'm like, why isn't she a full-time housewife? This This week, I felt that even more because she mentioned... Uh, you know, getting cheated on and that it ended her relationship and she has so much hurt about that. And it's like, oh, there's so much backstory here. Why aren't we getting more from Kiki? I want to know more about that. I want to, you know, understand where she comes from and, you know, what makes her tick. And I just need more screen time with her. Loved her. I also, uh, when they did the rage screaming um, therapy session, which just in the that alone, guys, uh, hilarious that they're doing that. Uh, that's such a housewives thing. I think that every season they should like do this exercise where they're all just rage screaming to let out like some of the aggression. Um, I loved to like some of the women just were clearly so uncomfortable by it, but it's like, if you cut to 30 minutes prior, they're sitting at a table all 
essentially rage screaming at each other. So it's hilarious how they, you know, try to button it up when, when it's being asked of, of them from a therapist. Uh, but Kiki was like so into it. She was like really feeling it. She was putting it all out there in her screams. And I wanted to know what was behind them all. I want to know that story. So I don't know if, if Bravo, Bravo producers are listening more Kiki, let's maybe think about her as a full time. Like she's, I think that she could like bring a lot. Um, but then of course everyone took a spill. They were having like a funny moment and, you know, kind of tackling each other. And then they all, uh, you know, land on Adriana's foot in which she believes is broken. Uh, though Dr. Nicole, who was there, did not think it was broken and probably thought maybe it's sprained, but, uh, you know, didn't require the wheelchairs and, uh, you know, essentially needed to be airlifted out of off the beach into her hotel room. Um, so it was, but I, I did sort of empathize with Adriana in this moment because I really did understand what she was trying to articulate earlier to Alexia was, you know, this is, these are people that I went through so many things with. Like she was a original cast member with Marisol and Alexia. And, and so they had been through so many years of this together and she really was feeling abandoned by them and she was feeling really sad. And I think it's just like, you know, feeling left out of a group where you thought you were, where you had a lot of allies and a lot of friends. And suddenly you're sort of like realizing like, maybe I'm on the outside of that and that I don't have these people in my corner. And that can be a really sad place to be. And I think that's why, you know, she manifested this, you know, broken foot and why it was such a big deal is I think she wanted, she was just craving. And I mean, she was really asking them to give her attention and to like show her and shower her with a little empathy and love and so I really like felt that for her. And then guys, the beach. And it ends, of course, with a to be continued. But when she brings up that she doesn't feel like everyone's giving her empathy about her foot and then compares it to Alexia's son, Frankie's accident and says accidents happen. And Alexia, you should know that with Frankie's accident. Like it's really bad. I mean, we're talking about very different things. A sprained ankle or a sprained foot is not at all what Alexia has been going through with Frankie. And it was way too low of a blow. And, you know, I know that sometimes people say things when they're hurt. That was too much. Too much. I don't know how that, I don't know if these two are going to rebound from that. Like, and I, and I sort of understand why if Alexia can't forgive her for that, because that is, that is really low. I, I was, I was on her side. I was on Adriana's side. And when she said that, I was like immediately flipped. I was like, no, no, too far. That's not where we go with this and wrong on you. Yeah. Adriana, no, no, no. And, um, we'll see how that plays out next week, but I can't imagine it's going to go well, um, for many reasons. Um, but I think that's all about Miami, really. Uh, you know, like I said, next week's going to probably be explosive as this conversation continues. Um, but moving into the second episode of New Jersey, I'm I'm at home, guys, with New Jersey. I love it. I love our new characters. Uh, I love that 
um, Danielle's son, by the way, seven years old, in just that like quick clip to the house that he says he can speak British and says mother and then follows it with fucker. Uh, love it. I love that we have a seven-year-old saying motherfucker on Bravo um, and that they like put that in. I'm I'm sure that there's parents that were appalled by that. And I, and I understand that side of it too, but there was something that was just so funny about that. I was like, okay, I love this family. I'm, I'm really loving Danielle. She is the breath of fresh that we needed for this, for the city and for this season. And so I'm super glad um, that she's here. Um, she uh, also hosted the Mutzadel party um, and Oh, okay. Again, I'm home. I'm home because I just have to tell you guys, I grew up, I grew up in an Italian family, very Italian. Most of my family was in New York. Uh, My immediate family lived in Colorado, but every time that we would go to New York, you know, and we would have mozzadell, that's what I heard. That's what we called it. And so anytime that I saw uh, mozzarella, which is what we're talking about here, if you're, if you're not familiar, but uh, mozzarella, like mozzarella in the water, uh, like fresh mozzarella. Anytime I would have it, I grew up thinking that it wasn't called mozzarella. I thought it was called mozzadel. And I still to this day sometimes say it like mozzadel in the water. I need to have some. Uh, and that's what I thought it was. So when Danielle was hosting the mozzadel party where they were making mozzadel and they were all saying it, it's like, oh, I, I just missed my family. It took me back. Um, to some really sweet memories in, in New York and, and growing up. And so uh, that was, that was really fun to see. Um, but I thought that the part, Oh, and uh, by the way, Jennifer Fessler, friend of Margaret this season um, was loving that every time they showed her, she was eating at the party. It's like the other housewives have clearly, um, you know, learned like not to eat on camera as much. And uh, Jennifer has not gotten that, that note. And thank God, because, I mean, the way in which she at one point was inhaling the mozzarella, (laughs) I want it on repeat. I want it as a gift that I can like just revisit and watch anytime that like anything happens. It's like, oh, that, that may be uncomfortable. I need to like go to that clip of her inhaling the mozzarella. So good. Loved that. Um, And I, I actually really like her too. I feel like she's like a voice of reason, but she's the one that's like, she's kind of like the Heather Gay, like don't touch her meatballs. She loved the food and I don't blame her. So I love that. Um, We also saw this week, uh, well, there was a couple of things. Uh, Margaret's friend uh, had been reaching out to Teresa and Jennifer saying that she had some information about Margaret. And then we ultimately learned that she also has some information about one of the other cast members, which I believe to be Melissa. I think that that storyline is coming. But, you know, I actually thought it was interesting that, you know, Teresa and Jennifer wouldn't say what it was. Uh, because they didn't want to, one, give this woman the platform uh, that she was seeking by reaching out to them. And two, they didn't want to like stir the the drama. And I think that's, you know, very interesting for those two who historically would have taken that information and figured out a way to uh, infuse it into the, into the storyline. But they, they, they didn't take it. And at least in that moment, maybe that's coming. Um, but I am curious. I know when the producers asked Danielle, uh, doesn't she want to know what it is? And she was like, hell yeah. Like, 
I'm with her. I I want to know too. Um, but I think we're I think we're gonna probably find out. Um, but they had that. Teresa um, also sent her invitations out, which we all know. If we're Housewives fans, we know that uh, Ramona Singer leaked her all of her wedding information because Ramona from Real Housewives of New York and who Teresa filmed uh, Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip with on season one. Um, she was invited to the wedding. And of course, the day that the invitations came out, Ramona took to Instagram live and wanted to share to share how beautiful the invitation was and said that it was breathtaking and she had never seen anything so gorgeous. And then she's showing the invitation on her Instagram live, which has all of the details of Teresa's wedding, which of course she wants to keep private for, um, for many reasons, but also uh, the website and the password of which you can log in to like get all of the more details to, to the wedding and RSVP. And so, I mean, the way in which Teresa brought it up, she was clearly, she had been Zen because I wouldn't have even been as Zen as Teresa was. And you can kind of, you can kind of feel that Teresa coming out like, yeah, Ramona did this. We had to like completely change everything. Um, but, uh, she, she didn't go off in the way that Teresa normally would. So I think, again, I said it last week, Teresa is so happy and it's like radiating in the screens and she's like able to really just have a sense of calm that she hasn't had in many seasons. And so if that's Louie that's doing that, like God bless, because like she is looking great and, uh, and I, and I don't mean just physically, but she also is looking great, but she like feels great. Like it just is, she seems really at peace and love that for her. Um, but yeah, the, the invitations, we saw them uh, come out on the show. Everyone received theirs. They did seem very beautiful. Um, and then Teresa had to explain about Ramona to the ladies. And so what she was and kind of how she had to get into action to figure out how to fix the problem. Um and then, uh, you know, we're we're continu- we're starting to see sort of the the cracks between Melissa and Teresa. I mean, I shouldn't say cracks because they've been there for years. That, but these two are finally at a place where they're not pretending like they're going to try to get along, or where they do get along, or you know, everything is about the family. Um, they're finally like just like no, we we don't like each other, and we're not going to pretend anymore. Um, and so, you know, I but. As I, as I said in the first episode, like Joe and Melissa, like they don't have anything. Once again, their storyline this episode was all about Teresa. And I think that they really thought they were doing something this season with that. They thought like, oh, this is going to be our season to like come out on top and, you know, go against Teresa and it's going to be head to head. And I think they thought they were going to be like victorious in that. And they are just coming across thirsty and like that they just have nothing else going on in their lives other than to, to be riding Teresa's coattails. And it's, it's not good. Um, a couple of notables about that is, uh, this is actually not about Teresa, but I just noticed speaking of thirsty, uh, that there was a packing scene where they were talking about how they were going to go to LA and, Melissa and Teresa had to be at an award show together and they were barely speaking and how it was going to be awkward and they were packing for that trip. And all you see in the background is their decor on their dresser is a bunch of Louis Vuitton boxes. And I, I'm sorry, guys, like I, 
I get like, I, you know, I, I understand Louis Vuitton and I understand that it's a big brand and, you know, I, 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 I get that, but using the boxes as decor in your home has to be one of the tackiest things that I have ever seen. And I feel like it just personifies them so much that they're so thirsty and they're so hungry for like fame and to show, show off some kind of lifestyle that I actually think they maybe don't have. And so I wouldn't be surprised if they like bought those boxes on Amazon and, you know, put them up for the cameras because they were like, Oh yeah, we got to have Louis Vuitton in the background. Um, and uh, yeah, that that was really un- embarrassing for them. So um, that is who we're dealing with. Then, of course, they're talking about when they get back, everyone's reacting to these beautiful invitations from Teresa and every, you know, even Margaret and you know people that have had like some some beef with Teresa. They're like, oh, these are so beautiful. Uh, they're everyone's just beauty, beauty, beauty. And it gets to Joe and Melissa, and Melissa's like, oh, it's cute. And uh, I thought that was interesting. Um, But then they start talking, of course, about Teresa, because that's the only thing that they have going on in their lives. Um, But Joe's talking about how he didn't get to spend any time with Teresa in LA and that, you know, they're brother and sister and they came from nothing together and they can't even take a photo together in LA at this event, uh, you know, and how sad that is. But, and this didn't, this wasn't on the show, but uh, it's come out since the episode aired. There's a ton of photos of them together at this event. And so for him to say that no photos were taken and that they couldn't spend any time together, that is not the narrative that is being confirmed by all of these photos of them together. So um, again, I just don't know what they think they're doing with this storyline, but it's, it's falling really flat. Then the other thing that happened off the show, um, Joe Gorga calls, or this happened on the show rather, Joe Gorga is talking about how Louie, and he thinks that Louie is like some, you know, negative influence in Teresa's life. And uh, he's like, you know, we already had one bad seed uh, with Joe Judice. And uh, speaking of Teresa's ex-husband and calls him a bad seed. And, you know, then it, of course, goes to, like, a clip of, like, the two of them fighting back in the day. And um, the irony is that this week, Joe Gorga posts this thing on Instagram where apparently they both were in the same place, Joe Judice and Joe Gorga. They walk into the same bar or same restaurant or whatever. And, you know, so he has, Joe Gorga has somebody film him walk up to Joe Judice and give him a hug and say hello. And, you know, it's supposed to be this like wonderful reunion of two, you know, once brother-in-laws. And it's so strange because it's like, did he forget that he just was being calling him a bad seed on uh, television a couple of days sooner? Uh, it So that was like a little strange. So then Gia, Teresa's daughter, Gia steps into the chat and, uh, wow, she she just let her uncle have it. She was like, you had a brief interaction with my father whom you have said horrible things about and you had the audacity to have somebody film that interaction so that you can continue to shape a narrative that you're some like saint in the relationship but meanwhile talk horribly about my family constantly. And, you know, she ain't wrong. She ain't wrong. She has got a point. And, uh, and also, yeah, it is strange. Why, why are they filming them hugging? Like, 
he's walking up to Joe Ju- Judice and like he, he sees him and he says, oh, somebody here, grab my camera and, and film this. This is going to be great content for social media. So strange. So I wasn't mad at Gia for, for stepping in. And, you know, again, I just think that the Gorgas are not coming across this season. They are, they do not have it. So uh, we'll see what happens as it continues, but I am definitely team Teresa on this one this season. Um, I think that's all really on, uh, on Jersey. I am wondering if we are going to see Jackie again. I know she's a friend of, so I have to assume that she filmed more than just the premiere episode, but, um, she wasn't invited to Danielle's Mutadel party. And I, I, I think that she, I don't know. I, I don't know if we're going to see a lot from her because I don't know how she really fits into the cast. And so I think it makes sense that she was demoted this year and, uh, probably, we may we may have seen one of the last times that we'll see her this season. Well, I don't know. We'll see. Um, of course, we have the Real Housewives of Potomac reunion starting. Uh, last week was off due to the Super Bowl because Bravo, for some reason, thinks that the reunion isn't my Super Bowl, and so they, you know, punted it uh, to the next week. And so we were without Potomac for a week, and um, yeah, they they delivered it this week. Uh, It started off with a bang. They had to re-edit the reunion. It starts out with a timeline of events because obviously we've talked about Robin and the Juan Dixon drama um, and then Robin going, taking to her podcast, Reasonably Shady, to announce kind of what had happened and tell her side of the story behind a paywall. Um, And so it starts with a clip from Reasonably Shady. Then we get a little bit of the interview with uh, Andy and Robin on Watch What Happens Live, where he calls her out for putting it behind a paywall and not talking about it on the season, um, so that it's helping to set the stage that, hey, we we went into this reunion before any of this happened. So it helps you know the viewers to understand that we're not going to talk about the Juan and Robin stuff that's playing out in the news, because one, she wasn't talking about it, we didn't know about it, and we filmed this thing two weeks before... Uh, all that news came out. And so, so that's how the reunion starts off. Um, I'm also loving that we're like seeing unseen footage. This is something new where Andy's like calling out like, Oh, in this next package, you're going to see some unseen footage. Uh, I, I love that because you, we always know that there's more stuff sitting on the cutting room floor from these episodes. And I think that like a reunion is a great place to like bring out more if it helps to you know, craft a narrative of what these ladies are trying to say or not say in the public as the season's going on, you know, if there's footage that helps sort of support what was going on or helps tell drive more of that story home to kind of put a, a close on it, bring it on. I love that. Um, also, oh, right at the top, you know, all the women are dressed in blue. That was clearly the theme. Um, I thought that they all pretty much looked good. You know, I know People come for Giselle a lot for her for her fashions, but I thought that she looked fine. Uh, Ashley was like barely wearing clothes, and I thought you know she looked banging. Um, yeah, I thought I think all the women really kind of turned out for this one. I don't I don't think that there was like any real duds. Um, you know, obviously there were winners and people that I thought really stood out, um, but. Uh, Andy was uh, a little shady as he tends to be uh, calling out Candace for looking like cookie monster after all of the uh, comments that she had over the season about Sesame street characters. Um, 
And uh, I, you know, but she handled it beautifully. Oh, she just was like, oh, how do you know that that wasn't the plan all along? Love that. She clearly like just pulled that right out. She had no thoughts about that dress looking like Cookie Monster. Um, And you know that that's the truth. But she handled that like a pro, gave it right back to Andy. And uh, yeah, that was that. But I loved that. Um, We... We learned about, you know, Ashley's divorce. It's, um, she's, she said that she'll be able to file in February, which is now. So, you know, potentially that's happening very soon. Um, but I loved that all the women were like giving her all this advice about her prenup and, you know, wanted to, uh, you know, step in and make sure that she's getting alimony and make sure she's getting this. And, you know, Karen's like, well, I do think you're entitled to this. Uh, you know, guys, don't you think Ashley has a lawyer? Uh, and a lawyer that probably is helping inform her on what she, you know, has legal rights to and where she should push and where she shouldn't. I don't know that we need to like have that play out on the reunion. Cause I don't know if these women are the best. I mean, you know, we've talked about it on this podcast too, like the Potomac women and their relationships. I mean, you've got Robin and Juan, which is a whole lot of drama then you've got Karen with, you know, her potential affair with old blue eyes, you know, Giselle has had lots of problems with her uh, ex. I think that like these women are probably not the women that Ashley should be taking legal advice from. Um, but yeah, that's just, that's just my take. Uh, Ashley, if you're listening, like, please just continue to, to deal with your lawyer on those. Um, and then speaking of legal issues mia talking about uh how gordon was uh voted off of the board and that they now have no businesses they've lost access to all the joint um uh, ownership i guess uh, i guess they will get a payout if they sell the businesses um, but it sounds like that's potentially not uh happening anytime soon Um, but it sounds messy and her saying that they're now living off of their savings is like a pretty scary thing, especially for a family, uh, where there's children involved. And when you've got somebody like Mia, who doesn't seem like she, you know, knows how to save a lot, she's definitely talks about how much she spends. Um, that can be a really scary place to be. So, you know, hopefully they figure out what's going on there. Um, but it doesn't sound great. Um, and yeah, I think I think there's more to come. I I love my Potomac women. Um, I'm hearing that there's some really weird stuff happening online, though. Uh, some of our favorite Bravo accounts on Twitter and Instagram are being uh, taken down. They're uh, losing their account access, and Instagram has shut down several accounts. And the what people are kind of making heads and tails of like, why did this happen, and what was it that caused it? And they're saying that it was uh, after they posted Potomac information. Um, And so I don't know what's going on there because we need our Potomac information. I love our insider dealings and learning kind of the tea and boots on the ground about uh, these shows. And it seems like um, some of these accounts that have tons of followers are getting taken down. So it's a, it's a scary place out there on Instagram right now uh, for those Bravo accounts. And I hope that uh, they, I hope that they regain access and we figure out why, you know, they're being taken down and hopefully, you know, with, with warning, they can, you know, fix whatever's the issues with the content that Instagram's finding. So, um, but it does seem to be related to Potomac. So that's just a note. I don't know uh, what's happening there, Uh, but you know, we're, 
we're kicking off this three-part Potomac uh, reunion, and I thought it was a, a very entertaining episode, as they always are with with these ladies. Um, I think the oh the seating arrangement was discussed at the beginning, and you know Andy was like explaining how they sort of pick the seating and he's like I can tell that you guys are all sort of talking about it and you're all feeling a certain kind of way about where everyone's sitting and this is how we came to this decision and um but I I did like to see that Robin and Giselle were separated um I think that that's always a good thing and I think that you know will I think that that is like also potentially some writing on the wall of what might come in the future I think that we're going to see potentially a demotion if not a complete uh pause for for robin next season i don't know if we're going to see her back um and potentially they're trying to get giselle out on her own to see how she how she kind of can perform against these ladies uh when she doesn't have robin sitting in in her corner literally so um but yeah i'm excited I'm, i'm ready to see the rest of the reunion play out and um, yeah, this this week was just full, full of Bravo stuff. And like I said, last week's episode um, was focused on the Super Bowl and the Vanderpump Rules premiere. Uh, I had Lou Vecchio from New Politics join me. Uh, so if you haven't heard that, definitely go uh, take a listen because it was a really fun uh, interview that he and I did and in chat. Um, but uh, but I wasn't able to deliver all of the housewives updates. And so I wanted to do that for you. Um, so that's why you're getting a special Monday edition of the gist, um, a president's day edition of the gist as you will. Um, and, uh, yeah. And like I said, this Thursday, I've got a very, very special guest. I, I want to tell you guys, but you know, we're going to, we're going to roll it out. So, um, but please stay tuned for that. Um, as always, please rate and subscribe so that you never miss an episode of The Gist. Follow me at CM Vetrano on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, like I said, I'm going to be announcing that special guest in just a couple days. So um, make sure that you're following so you are the first to find out who it is. And then come back on Thursday when we will have the interview live and ready to listen to. But until then, I have been Chris Vetrano. You have been listening to The Gist, and I hope that you guys all have a fantastic week. Bye.